book number three, which is Witnessing for Christ. We'll go over the quiz, and um, hopefully you've done some of the verses. There's four, actually five verses to choose from. Getting two of them done is uh, the qualifications, okay? Anyway, let's go to the Lord in prayer and ask his blessing on this hour. Heavenly Father, thank you once again that we have a place to gather tonight. We do pray if there's anyone still coming for the five o'clock hour that you give them safety in, in arriving. And then those that are coming, possibly some visitors returning from last week, in the next hour, Lord, we pray that you would do a work uh, there as well. And again, thank you that we can do a little bit of study, uh, review of witnessing, and then a uh, very important subject, the New Testament church. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, if you'd open your book up to page seven, page seven. And again, as we do here, feel free to maybe kind of wave at me, raise your hand a little bit at least, and we'll try to work through these. Question number one is, uh, list three reasons why every Christian should be a witness for Christ. Include a verse with each response. So you don't have to necessarily list them in any particular order, but who has one of those? Brother Barry. You just quoted a verse, but as many as received him. John 1, 12, very good. Excellent job, okay? Thank you. Who has another one? Because of Jesus' command, okay? And what's the verse for that one? Twenty-eight, right? Twenty-eight, eighteen to twenty. The Great Commission. Yeah, that's okay. Matthew twenty-eight, eighteen to twenty. Very good. Okay, there's two more. Yes, ma'am. Follow the example. And that's Luke, Luke 19.10. Okay, thank you. Very good. And there's one more according to the, there's more than that, but there's one more according to the, the booklet. Why, should, why we should be a witness. Yes, sir. That's correct. In the verse... Okay, all right, very good. Number two, we'll do these in order. What are the four parts of the Great Commission? Letter A. Yes, ma'am, down here in the front. Going, okay, very good. Letter B. Teaching, which is also the witnessing part of going, okay, very good. Letter C. Baptizing. How many of you would like to get baptized again tonight? I sure would. Uh, not necessarily for spiritual reasons, but I'm a little warm. <laughs> no, okay. Anyway, baptizing. Let us, uh, letter D. Discipling those who come to Christ. Very good. Okay, number three. List three ways we can prepare ourselves to be ready to be a witness. Number one, I should carry blank, blank with me. Oh, okay. Very good. Um, I should ask God for blank to witness for him. 
opportunities. Very good. I should always be on soul blank. Soul patrol. Okay, good. Top of page eight. Four essential elements of God's plan of salvation. Number one, recognize our what? Our condition. And what verse would that be? Romans 3.23. Could be 3.10 as well. Number two, realize the blank for sin. Right, penalty for sin. And what verse is that one? Okay, yep, that's one. And there's another one you might have put, too, in Romans. 623A. Mm -hmm. The next one is Romans 5A. And that's number three, believe who died for us. Believe the Lord Jesus Christ, and that's Romans 5A. But God commendeth his love toward us, and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. And then number four, number four. Okay, trust Christ alone, and that would be what verse? John 1.18. No, I had a different one. John 1.12. Yeah, John 1.12. Number five, when we witness to someone, be blank and blank. <laughs> there you go. Now you're getting into it. <laughs> That's right. Ornery and cantankerous. <laughs> Personable and friendly. That sounds better. <laughs> the other way is what we want to be sometimes. Number next, share our what? Yeah, think about that too, by the way. Our testimony. Uh, your testimony is unique to you and mine is unique to me. And um, those are powerful. Testimonies are powerful. Uh, number three, it clearly explained the blank elements of the gospel. The essential elements of the gospel. All right? Number six, and lastly, uh, three things we should do when someone trusts Christ as Savior. Number one, yes, rejoice with him. Be excited. And what's the verse for that one? Luke 15, 10. Very good. Then number two, yep, develop and nurture a relationship. So we don't want it to be just, you know, that that's the last conversation we have with someone who's a new Christian. We want the conversation to continue, if at all possible. Sometimes that's, that's not possible, you know, if they don't live in this area or whatever, but that is what we're striving for. And even if that's the case, we're going to try to connect them with another Bible preaching church where they live. And uh, that would always be advisable. And then number, la uh, number last, the third one on the bottom of page eight. Yeah, I think that would be more like number two. Yep, that's good. That's right. Right, continue to teach them. And that would be found in what verse of Scripture? 2 Timothy 2.2. 2. Very good. Okay, so that is the quiz. And if you got your memory verses, at least two of those, make note of that. 
And we are going to be doing book four now, which is the New Testament church. So if you have that and something to write with, go ahead and get that out at this time. It is a little bit shorter lesson tonight, which doesn't mean anything, but it is a shorter lesson, so we'll see what happens. If you get out a few minutes early, that's okay. Let's take our Bibles and turn to Acts chapter 2. Acts chapter 2. And we'll be looking at a couple of verses there in just a few moments. If you have the booklet uh, as well, notice on page number two, the top of page number two, and uh, we see in the Word of God the different divisions of the New Testament and their relation to the church. So the Gospels are the foundation for the church, the foundation for the church. When, uh, as we read the book of Acts, it is the growth of the church. And, you know, we could also say the building of the church, really, in the book of Acts. Now, the the church started with Christ and his disciples, and then it was empowered at Pentecost in Acts chapter number 2. The epistles are the guidance for the church. And here's the beautiful thing about your Bible and my Bible tonight. The epistles are still the guidance for the church. So it's not that we have to go and find, you know, in the Christian bookstore, nothing wrong with this necessarily, but we don't have to go in the Christian bookstore and find a book that says how to have church. You know, we have a book that already says how to have church. It's called the Bible. (laughs) So now that doesn't mean that every book that somebody has written about the church is, you know, we shouldn't read it. I'm not talking about saying that, but I think we want to make sure that we emphasize what God emphasizes and God emphasizes his word. And uh, years ago, we did a series on, on, uh, based on a book that Pastor Sexton wrote called Becoming a First Century Church. Some of you might remember that. And uh, that's what we want to be today. We're not looking to become a new church in the 21st century. Uh, it doesn't mean we can't use the internet, we can't use microphones, we can't use things like that, that they did not have when Jesus started the church. But we want to make sure that our faith and practice and doctrine is coming from the source, and that is the word of God, of how to have a church. Then the last book of the Bible is the future of the church, the book of the Revelation. So what we're, what we're striving for tonight is, as it says there, is to maybe just a, a good review, but maybe, maybe it's more than just a review, that we understand the importance of the church. Why does it matter? You know, why do we come to church? Couldn't we just do something different and it still be the same, uh, be the same uh, help to us? Again, what are what what pattern are we following? We're not following the pattern that Pastor Turner established. Now there are some traditional things that we do, like nowhere in the Bible does it say you have to meet at ten o'clock and six o'clock on Sunday. When you find that, let me know. Uh, you're not going to find that, so it's not in there. Okay. So, you know, there are some things like that that we might say are traditional, okay? Not everything that is traditional is against the Bible or goes against the Bible. But at the same time, as we've learned in 22 years, um, you know, any time on Sunday, it's the Lord's Day. That doesn't mean that we're special because we met in the afternoon. It just means that, you know, I think I have the mindset. when, When that happened as a pastor, I began to just think, oh, man, what? 
what are we going to do? Go to church at 3 and 4 o'clock in the afternoon? I mean, we don't. nobody does that. You don't have church at 3. That's when everybody takes their nap. They're going to come take a nap and during the preaching and blah, 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 and all that. You know, you begin to think all this stuff. And you know what we saw at Armstrong Avenue, actually, after we got kind of got over there and got things rolling and the Lord was involved, God began to build the church at 3 o'clock in the afternoon. And so, you know, it doesn't really matter the time on the Lord's Day, and it's not in there. Convert, also, it doesn't say that you have to go to church on Wednesday night in the Bible either. It's not in there. Or Thursday night, or Friday night, or Tuesday night, or Wednesday night, or, or whatever night. Those things are not in the Bible, okay? But there are some things that are in the Bible that we, that we know and we'll look at that uh, we want to make sure that that's what's guiding our focus and purpose of the local church. So the first one is, what is a church? You see it there? What is a church? The Greek word for church is ekklesia. Maybe you want to write it in there. Uh, it's okay if you don't, but it's ekklesia. E-K-K-L-E-S-I-A. It means called out, and a called out assembly, called out together. The definition that is given in this series is a local church is a body of believers called by God to serve in a specific area. The church is the body of Christ. A couple of words that we want to look at there are believers, Believers, and we're going to say that word's going to be said over and over again. And then also specific area, specific area. Uh, you know, only a few times have I had this happen that, you know, I might meet somebody who says, yeah, you know, I have church. I have church out in the woods every week. And uh, while that is a specific area, there are some other qualifications that don't make that a church. And so uh, as we go through this, this is what we're, we're saying, what the Bible has to say. So number one. Number one, what is a church? The church is a group of believers who gather together on a regular basis. If you have your Bible open there in Acts chapter number two, we're looking at verse 46. And they, continuing daily with one accord in the temple, breaking of bread from house to house, did eat their meat with gladness and singleness of heart. So every day they met, broke bread, praised God, and the Lord added to the what? Verse 47. The Lord added to the church. You can talk in this class. It's okay to talk out, okay? Daily such as should be saved. Notice, notice a couple of words. Two words are mentioned. One word is mentioned twice. It's in verse 46 and verse 47. It's the word daily. Now, we don't have church every day, but this is how they did it in the New Testament time, okay? That's why we, we don't want to get... Uh, so caught up in certain days we want to meet every time we have an opportunity if possible to meet together and uh, uh, it, it shows us there what they were doing number uh, number or the bottom of page, the page there it talks about it not being a building or a denomination simply a group of people who have been saved by the Lord Jesus and scripturally baptized you know praise the Lord the last couple summers we met outside under those tents Oh, no, we didn't have, we weren't in a building. We didn't have a, a you know, a, much of a wall, you know, but we were together, meeting together, praising God, fellowshipping, preaching the word, teaching the word, singing, glorifying the Lord. So we were having a church meeting. So a church meeting doesn't have to be in a building. By the way, the church meeting could be in the woods if we all went out in the woods and met there and had our meeting. That's fine. Um, I, I wasn't being critical of going in the woods to worship the Lord, but uh, if that's the only place and time, then, then that might be a little bit questionable. Number two, the church is God's institution. 
Okay, so the church was not the idea of the pastor. It's not the idea of anybody else but God. God started the church. He established the first one. And it was his idea, his plan to provide. Here's a couple of words that we want to underline and really think about. Support and structure. Support and structure. Notice what the support and structure are for. For our what? Faith. Now, I'm going to say this as carefully as I can word this, and I hope you'll just listen to it with, you know, with my, the intent, and hopefully it'll come through, and I'm asking the Lord to help me. It's very difficult for someone to grow in their faith and not have a connection to a local Bible-preaching church. It's very difficult. Now, I'm saying that here in North America, I recognize that we watched a documentary uh, a few weeks ago, a three-part documentary about the underground church, but it's still a church. Might be 10 or 12 people meeting together in different places all the time, moving around a certain country in the world. Many countries are like that. But I, I'm a firm believer that not, the, not the, the building itself, but the principles of the Word of God support and structure uh, our faith. Let's go to 1 Timothy 3 and see what Paul said about it. I know it's right there in your notes, but I'm going to turn over to it in my Bible. And there's some words in there that describe structure and uh, support. Uh, Paul wrote to Timothy in verse 15, But if I tarry long, that thou mayest know how thou oughtest to behave thyself in the house of God, which is the church of the living God. Now here comes the structure. Here comes the support. So Paul calls the church the pillar and ground of the what? The truth. So what is on the ground? What's another thing we could talk about the ground? Like right now I'm standing, well, I'm not even really standing on the ground of this building, but... What's the lowest part of the building? What do we call that? Or not even the actual structure itself. Foundation. Right, so that's what it's talking about. When it's talking about the ground, it's talking about the foundation. So the church is the pillar and ground of the truth. Of the truth. Now, I'm well aware that there are numerous places that you know, again, have the word church on the outside, but they are really, they're really um, weaving away, and that's not the word I want, veering away, veering off from the truth. And when that happens, it, it just in the biblical sense, um, they cease to become a true church. And so I'm not going to argue with someone, you know, and get in an argument with someone about, you know that, but I think we see clearly that this is the definition of a church, that it is the pillar and ground of truth. So, um, by the way, truth is what is primary, always. It's what Anchor Baptist Church should be known for. Uh, everything else is, is under, underneath that. It's secondary. And, and we want to, as well, we want to always speak the truth in love as well, okay? Let's go to Ephesians 2.20, and maybe one of you would read that for me. If you find it and want to just stand up and read it nice and loud, 
Ephesians 2.20. Welcome back, Brother Alex. We missed you. Welcome. Did you guys, did you get the book? You have this book? Okay, Brother Barry, could we give them that book maybe? Two copies, too, if they both want. Are you, are you out? He's out. There we go. Thank you. And that's what we're building this church on. Truth. Who is truth? Jesus Christ. He said, I am the way, the truth. Okay, so he's the great shepherd, right? And uh, that's, that's what we ought to be building uh, Anchor Baptist Church on. So the church is a group of believers who gather together on a regular basis. The church is God's institution to provide support and structure for our faith. Number three, the church is the flock of God. The church is a fl the flock of God. Acts 20, 28. Acts 20, 28. The Bible refers to us as sheep. Sheep are, the, the text says, sheep, or the notebook says, sheep are mostly, uh, most healthy and productive in a flock that with a shepherd. Christians are most healthy and productive when they are in a local church with a caring pastor. Acts 20, 28, who would like to read that one? Goes right along with the message this morning. Yes, sir. Brother Dwayne, go right ahead. Thank you. So to all the flock, to all the flock. And let's go to 1 Peter 5, 2. This is more of an admonition to the pastor. But 1 Peter 5, 2, who would like to read that one? Yes, sir, go right ahead. Thank you. So again, the word flock is there. And I think that's what is being emphasized in those two verses, flock. I wrote down a couple of, of thoughts about this. And, and this one I heard said one time, do we want a pastor or do we want a preacher? Think about that question. Obviously, I know I am the under shepherd. The difference is this. We can hear preaching anywhere. And I'm thankful for that, by the way. Thankful for all of the different ways we can hear preaching. 
Um, so we can find a preacher on the radio. You still have those? We can find a preacher. I listen to them on the radio sometimes. We can find a preacher online, of course. Obviously, we want to be very careful about that kind of thing. But And I'm grateful for it. Some of them are in heaven, and we're still hearing their messages, and they're still helping us. But there's a difference between a pastor and a preacher. And so what, what every Christian needs, yes, we need preaching. We're not discounting that. And it doesn't always have to be from the pastor. It can be from Brother Kevin, like Wednesday night. If you missed Wednesday night, you need to go back and you need to listen to that message from the Word of God. Miss Margaret was watching Wednesday night online, and she was helped by it. Very encouraging. Thank you for sharing that. So that's to you, Brother Kevin. Glory to God. Amen. But um, we, can, we need preaching. There's nothing wrong with it. And you can hear it from other places. You don't always, it doesn't always have to be from the pastor. But the church has one under-shepherd. And we need that. It doesn't, it doesn't, I'm not saying that about me. I'm saying that as us, as a body, as a flock. So it's not just that we have a preacher. That's all good and well. You know, the, the radio preacher is not going to be around to help in a time of need. And I'm not lifting me up. I'm lifting up the position or the office. Okay? By the way, get all the preaching from God's word we can. All right? And uh, I'm all for that. But we are considered a flock. Nextly, number four, the church is the body of Jesus Christ. Let's turn to this passage in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, please. 1 Corinthians chapter 12. So there's a, a comparison here that Paul makes compared to the human body. The first one is found in verses 14 to 20. I'm not going to take the time to read verses 14 to 20, but what we discover within that is just like the body has many members that are all different. So the function is different. You've probably read that before. If you haven't, I would encourage you to read that passage. This 1 Corinthians 12, 14 to 27, I would encourage you to read that this week. You know, because I think it's very helpful to recognize not everyone is going to have and serve the same function. It's okay that you are you're, you're an ear and not a nose, okay? And that's what it talks about. It gives all these descriptions. Paul gives it in a way that we can, you know, obviously the Holy Spirit gave it to Paul, but it's okay. But all of those put together, and what do we have? We have a body, and we need a healthy body. And, and this body belongs to the Lord, as it says here. I totally, that's this. Exactly the, the, the case. It doesn't belong even to the church itself. It doesn't belong to the pastor. It belongs to the, to the Lord Jesus Christ. And so each member's function is different. I, I like the second one, though. Notice the second one. And this is so important when it comes to your part in the church. Each member's function is dependent upon the other. Think about this. If all of a sudden one day... My eyes decide to say, okay, we're done. Now, we know that can happen. We know there's blind people, and we know they can function. So I'm not making fun of blind people. I'm just saying, if all of a sudden, one day, my eyes said, okay, I'm taking, I'm taking a week off. Think about this. 
All of a sudden, one day, my ears said, you know what? I'm going to take about a month off. How would that change my life? If I couldn't hear for a month, you know how much that would affect my life? A lot. So I might just be an elbow. Tonight, Opal was showing me her elbow. Maybe I'm just an elbow. But, you know, if the elbow decides not to bend properly, so we function together. You're an elbow. I'm a knee. You're a foot. I don't know what we are, but we all function together. Look what it says in verse 21. And the eye cannot say unto the hand, I have no need of thee. That's crazy, isn't it? Um, and uh, to the, the head to the feet, I have no need of you. So this, to me, this is why it is so important that we recognize, again, one of the reasons why church is important, not just so that we can show up, but God has equipped you. God has equipped you with a function within the body. And here's the thing. Nobody can do it like you. Think about that. This isn't about pride. This is just reality. Nobody can function in the body like you can function in the body. We're talking about Anchor Baptist Church. Nobody can function in Anchor Baptist Church like you. That doesn't mean everybody's going to be in church 52 Sundays a year. But it means we should really struggle with that. And by the way, if you go on vacation, go to church. Find a church. I'm glad God never looks down at the calendar and says, I'm taking a month off from Turner. He finds a church. He goes to, or I find a church. I want to go to it. I'm glad God's with me all the time. And so that's kind of a side thing, but it's dependent upon the other. So there's weeks we come in and we're, we're a little bit uh, just spent. And all of a sudden somebody comes in, they function their part, and it kind of gets us moving a little bit. They encourage us. They pat us on the back. They say, hey, you know what? I prayed for you the other day. I don't know why, but God put you on my mind. I prayed for you the other day. And all of a sudden, wow, we're awake again. But that, it was that one bit of encouragement. Somebody functioned that day. It was maybe one statement. So the, it, it's together. It's dependent upon the other. Number next, each member's function is vital. It's vital. In, in other words, Paul said there, Verse 22, nay, much more those members of the body which seem to be more feeble are what? Necessary. Don't ever let Satan talk you into thinking, yeah, well, you know, I only, I, this is all I ever do. I, you know, I, all I ever do is fill up the water cup. Hold it. You're filling up the water cup for the glory of God. Yes, it benefits the speaker a little bit too, but it's not for me. So don't ever let Satan think that that little thing, you know, all I do is put away the sign. By the way, if somebody doesn't put away the sign, it's going to stay out there. It might get damaged. It might get stolen. So Paul, I agree with Paul. Everything, even if it seems feeble, it's necessary. Man, last Sunday night, Everybody that did anything, it was necessary. Oh my goodness. Praise the Lord. But it doesn't have to be anniversary Sunday. It can be normal Sunday tonight. Right? I guess that was abnormal Sunday anyway. It's all necessary. 
Lastly, each member's function contributes to the success of the entire body. It contributes to the success of the entire body. Verse 25. That there should be no schism means division in the body, but that the members should have the same care one for another. Whether one member suffer, all the members suffer with it. I'm so thankful we have a, a church and we're gonna, we need to do better. I'm not saying where we've arrived, but I'm thankful we have a church that is genuinely concerned about someone going through a challenging time, whatever they want to be known. Maybe it's some of it's silent requests, but I believe we have a genuine heart for one another and praying for one another, checking in on one another. We can always do better, but I'm just saying, uh, let's keep that spirit about us to God be the glory. But that the members should have the same care one for another. And whether one member suffer, all members suffer with it. Or one member be honored, all members rejoice with it. Now ye are the body of Christ. And members in particular. Some other verses that you might want to write down. Regarding the body of Christ, Matthew 16, 18, Jesus Christ founded the church. Jesus Christ is the head of the church. Uh, another verse you might want to write down in your book, Colossians 1, 18. Colossians 1, 18. And he is the head of the church, who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in all things he might have the preeminence. In the context there, it's speaking about the Lord Jesus Christ. Another verse you might want to write down is Ephesians 5, 23 and 24. For the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church. He is the savior of the body. Therefore, as the church is subject unto Christ, so let the wives be their own husbands in everything. So the head of the church is Christ, Colossians 1, 18, Ephesians 5, 23 and 24. Okay, top of page four. And these are actually the last two pages, four and five. Number, number question, the next question, what is the purpose? Now, it's a, it is a one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, <clears throat> nine purposes. And so let's look at these. The purpose of the local church. So the local church is a place where believers gather to, number one, <clears throat> hear God's word. Hear God's word. And if you'll help me, now some of these are all in the same verse, so we're only going to read this one once, but if somebody wants to read, <clears throat> I think we read it a few moments ago, but we can read it again. Acts 2.42. Okay. So the apostles' doctrine, hear the word of God. The difference, uh, obviously, from the first century church in today, uh, one difference is we have the entire Bible. They obviously would not have had the entire Bible yet. And so whatever, whatever, was, whatever they did have, the teaching that Jesus Christ would have given them as well, the apostles' doctrine, so it was a place to hear the word of God. And that's why, you know, that's something that we make sure that even in, even in Patch Club, you know, obviously Patch Club is a ministry of the church, 
But even in Patch Club, every Sunday night, the kids are hearing the Word of God. Because the Word of God is what changes life. Praise God for the beautiful music from Ron Hamilton and others with Majesty Music. Praise God for the missionary stories that we're reading down there. But those are not inspired like the Word of God. And so it's very important that we always have the Word of God in every area of ministry. Uh, the anchored youth class, the very same thing, the Word of God. It doesn't mean that you have to read the Bible the entire service and do nothing else, but that's why we're gathering together is to hear the Word of God. Secondly, to pray, to pray. <clears throat> we do this at every meeting. We do this at every meeting. Um, we even, even in the Sunday night service, we divide up and pray. In the Wednesday night service, we divide up and pray. It doesn't have to be like that every time. And every church can do it a little differently, but we want to make sure that there are times of prayer when we gather together. Number three, fellowship with other believers. You know, can I just encourage you, and maybe I'm talking to the choir right now, but, um, and maybe that doesn't even compute, but, um, you know, when the church service is over, we don't have to immediately run out to our cars and go home. Okay? Um, there's some fellowship. There's some, we can communicate with one another. Uh, fellowship doesn't have to always be around the table, but it can be. We have a good, we have a good uh, record with that, you know, birthday and anniversary fellowship or, you know, things like that. I'm not saying somebody, you know, somebody gets up at 3.30 in the morning on Monday morning, please don't think I'm talking about them. They got to get out the door and get home and try to get some sleep. But, you know, for the most part, we want to try to have a few times where we're not just immediately hitting the door and never having a chance to talk to one another, especially if there's visitors or people that are kind of new to the church. So that's, again, we want to have the Bible preached. We want to have prayer, but it says fellowship as well. And so I don't think we can replace that with, um, with anything but what the Bible says. And I believe that's part of our mature, uh, maturation as a church uh, is to do that. Okay, uh, nextly, observe the two ordinances. Baptism and the Lord's Supper. And um, verse 41 of Acts 2, if you're there, it talks about people being uh, uh, baptized the same day they got saved. So that's one. And then most people think that the breaking of bread there in verse 42 is in reference to the Lord's table. I'm not saying it wasn't, but it, it sure makes sense. But I think it could also go with breaking of bread and having, having a meal together. But, but that is something that we do at, at the church. Uh, again, um, to me, I believe that God gave these ordinances to the church. Okay? So I don't, I don't think it, it's, unless it's under the authority of a church, I don't think anybody can just go out to the pond and baptize Billy Bob who got saved. I think that was given to the church to go baptize Billy Bob. Okay? Or if someone is, you know, it's under the ministry of the church. Okay? It's a church ordinance. It's not just up to me to go out and, 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 and do that. And the same thing with the Lord's table. I know there's various opinions of that. And I, I, I don't, I'm not in this to say, you know, I'm right, they're wrong. But I believe it was given to the church personally. If someone disagrees with that, you know, that's okay. And um, it's not something to, to get in a squabble over, but... I would, I would discourage somebody even from going and doing the Lord's table just in a, in a private way. I think that's supposed to be done by the local church as well. Nextly, 
fulfill the Great Commission by sending the gospel locally and globally. Locally and globally. Praise the Lord for the gospel uh, postcards that were sent out. Some were mailed, some were delivered. Um, 15,000, not quite, but 15,000 almost. But so that's locally. And then this morning we prayed for three missionaries. They're not here. They're out somewhere else. Some are in South Korea, some are in Uganda, some are in New Zealand. And so that's part of the purpose of the church. Nextly, bringing the tithes and offerings to the Lord. Bring the tithes and offerings to the Lord. Malachi 3, 8 to 10, 1 Corinthians 16, 2. And, and the same thing there. I've had people ask me before about this. You know, can I give my tithe to the Red Cross? The tithe belongs to the Lord, not the Red Cross. If you want to give to the Red Cross, hey, praise the Lord. But I, wouldn't, I, I don't recommend you give them your tithe because that's the Lord's. If you want to give the Red Cross something after you've given your tithe and offerings to the Lord, then you know what? Praise the Lord, go ahead and do that. I'm not saying don't give to the Red Cross. I'm just saying they're not a church. And so we're supposed to bring our tithes into the storehouse. And so um, if you have questions about that, I'd be, be glad to try to help you with that at another time. But that the, the, the offerings, the tithe, go through the church. Number next, kind of talked about this already, serve with their God-given gifts. This was prayed, something like this was prayed this morning at our men's prayer meeting, that God has enabled us and gifted us not to do things for our own, you know, great job, but they're, they're supposed to be given within the church. And God has gifted everyone, everybody that's saved. You have a spiritual gift. By the way, I, we have many young people in the room tonight, which I'm very thankful for uh, when I, I say young people in the youth class and, and so forth. This lesson tonight is not just for the adults sitting in here. This lesson is for everyone who's a believer. And so I would encourage you, serve God with whatever gifts God has given you. Next, part of our purpose is to observe I mean, we could spend lots of time on each one of these, but uh, time won't allow us. Observe, learn, minister, and lead. Let's go to this text, please, quickly. Ephesians 4. Ephesians 4. Verse 11. And he gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists, some pastors and teachers, for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, till we all come in the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man, a mature man, unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. That's what we're striving for. So our measuring is not supposed to be to another brother. Our measuring is supposed to be to the fullness of Christ. That we henceforth be no more children, we were talking about babies in Christ at RU on uh, Friday night and how babies desire the sincere milk of the word. Praise the Lord for, for the milk of the word. But we don't want to stay a child. Um, several places in the Bible it talks about growing up, growing up, as he says here, that we'd be no more children tossed to and fro, carried about with every wind of doctrine by the slight of men and cunning craftiness whereby they lie in wait to deceive. And so observe, learn, minister, and lead. And I believe these all kind of build on one another. And again, could say a lot more, but let's move on to the last one. Encourage 
restore and strengthen other believers. Let's look at Galatians 6 1. Galatians 6 1. Brethren, if a man be overtaken in a fault, ye which are spiritual, restore such an one in the spirit of meekness, considering thyself, lest thou also be tempted. uh, Encouraging, restoring, strengthening. In other words, you know, I know there's going to be weeks where we come in and we just barely get in and we're like, wow, I just barely got in. You know, and we need, we need that. We need the encouraging. We need the strengthening. But, you know, I, I pray that God, that that maybe wouldn't be every Sunday for me, okay? Or every Sunday for you. That there would be some in there where you're coming in and you're prayed up, you've been reading the Bible and you've prayed up that morning and you're, and you're, you're asking God for this x-ray vision that you can see someone who's discouraged. You can just see it. So, and you have the opportunity to go over and encourage them. You have the opportunity to go over and strengthen them. I wrote this down. Attending church faithfully is so much more than the actual attendance. It is so much more than sitting in a seat. Praise God if we just come and sit in a seat, but let's not be a child anymore. Let's take it up a notch. By that I mean, let's look for ways we can help others. Look for ways we can be an encouragement. Lastly, what is the believer's responsibility to the local church? There's five of them there. I'm just going to read them. He should love its head. Everyone here, keep asking God for that greater love for him. We love him because he first loved us. So again, it's not that I'm going to be this, you know, I'm going to be an elbow in the church That's my job. That's my function. I'm going to be the best elbow I can for the church. No, you're going to be the best elbow you can because you love Christ. Try not to get that out of order because so many times people will be doing their function and doing their function within the church, but they're doing it for the church or the pastor. And when one of those things disappoints them, they just say, oh, forget it. But I can tell you someone who will never disappoint you. Jesus Christ will never let you down will never disappoint you. And so whatever the function is tonight, do it for him. He should love its head. Number two, faithfully attend its services. I think we talked about that a little bit. Number three, support its mission. Support its mission. Number four, follow its God-ordained leadership. And we've talked a bit about the last one as well. Five, encourage its members. So here's the question, a couple of questions for tonight. What if everyone fulfilled their responsibility like you are fulfilling yours? What would the church look like? Okay, what if everyone fulfilled their responsibility with the faithfulness of of your faithfulness or my faithfulness? What would the church look like? And I remember somebody challenging one time in a message, don't be a spectator, be a participator. You've heard the analogy of a, a football game, right? I think we heard that recently. You've got uh, 11 guys, 22 guys on the football field smashing into each other that are in the best shape of their life. Some of them bigger shape than others, but that's the lineman, right? 
but they're in unbelievable physical condition. And then there's 100,000 fans up in the stadium that are sitting there throwing down a hot dog, which, you know, I've had a few hot dogs in the stands. That's okay. Drinking a pop. Sadly, drinking a lot of other things, too. But anyway, drinking a pop and, uh, you know, probably not quite in the condition of those 22 football players that are on the field. Uh, and, and then there's the other guys that are ready to come in. I'm just saying, so the spectators are not ready to be participators. You know what I'm saying? But, you know, in the church, we don't want to just be a spectator. And again, it's not for the church. It's for the Lord Jesus Christ. So may God help us as we work, journey through the homework this week, work on those verses. I'm going to pray, and then we've got about 14 minutes. Heavenly Father.